0: let's say us three go to a bar. We're all single men, right? Let's, let's, let's rewind 20 years ago, we're all single, right? We meet, a, we meet a nice young lady, you know, what are we gonna do? We're gonna go to her Instagram, we're gonna go to her Facebook, we're gonna try to find out more about this girl that we talked to for the last 20 minutes at this bar to see what she's about. And it's the same thing today. Like we're literally, somebody would DM me on LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever, and I'll go through their whole profile, I'll go through like their whole history and creep, like literally creep on Who they are what they're about um to see if i actually want to engage with them or not and it's the same thing when you're marketing or selling or advertising like what do they say it used to be seven touches until somebody would actually like interact with your marketing piece. now it's 25 it's 25 like you literally have to be in front of somebody 25 times whether it's like a billboard or like an ad here then like a jingle here or you know a, a a picture post here or there but Over time, they'll start to creep on who you are and they'll start to figure out who you like what you're about over that time. So that's why I say whatever email you send out that makes your email is probably some some most the most undervalued real estate that a lot of us use because in your subject line or in your uh, in your signature, you can put four or five different links to things that you actually wanna promote to somebody. Like if you send somebody a cold email, why not put a video of the product or service that you sell? Why not put a picture of you and your family? Like, why not put a picture, like make it so it's, it's easy for somebody to creep on you.
1: Welcome to What Are We Talking About? a podcast produced by Water Online. Host Jim Laurier of Maisie Injector Company and Adam Tank of Transcend Water, a dynamic boomer millennial combo, will help you demystify how to build a better brand for your business, keep current and prospective customers engaged with your company, and ultimately grow your sales. They interview some of the most interesting and unique water professionals, Who have used the art of storytelling to move the needle for themselves and for their organizations
2: hello what are we talking about listeners today we have a i'd say pretty unique guest compared to what we've had in the past we've had you know obviously a lot of of water specific expertise and joseph blackman has been playing in the water industry, but he also plays more generally in public works, and he's got a really unique background. So, Joseph, thank you for coming on the show today. It's been really exciting to get to know you, and of course, I was on your show, so I appreciate you
0: hopping on ours. Sure, for sure. Thanks for having me here, man. Loving it. Yeah,
3: yeah, Joseph. And, you know, I got to know you through Adam, and then we've connected on LinkedIn, so I saw some of the good work that you've been doing. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about Vitendo Training Solutions and why you started the business?
0: Okay. Okay. So rewind back to 2018, 2019. I'm selling heavy equipment. I'm selling Vactor trucks. These are sewer sewer trucks, you know, the trucks that flush the, the sewer down the line to make sure everything's good to go for it. So I was selling those trucks, and you know, I got to the point where I was tired of delivering these half a million dollar, six hundred thousand dollar trucks to cities or to water departments. And two months later, they pretty much forgot everything I trained them on. So I said, you know what, there's a way, there's gotta be a better way to do this. So what I did was it's like, there's stuff on the internet, there's stuff on YouTube that they can watch videos on to operate those pieces of equipment, but it was all over the place. It was like, you know, you have to search for it here and it's like cut off or it's an 80 minute long video here and there. So I started to shoot selfie video with my phone and I would go out to the back of my dealer and say, okay, here's how you turn on the water pump. Here's how you get stuck unstuck doing this. Here's how you do that. And I would text those short videos to the supervisors and the supervisors loved it. They're like, dude, these are legit. Cause they can send them to their guys when they're out in the field, if they get stuck. And so uh, I said, you know, there's, there's a there there there's some legs to it there. And I, I knew that it was an itch that, you know, while I scratched it, somebody else is having that aim, same itch and I could scratch that also. So that's where the inception came from. And, um, you know, after years of staying in the industry and still making sure that that, um, uh, that, that it was still a viable product or a viable service that it actually fit, um, I decided to take the leap a year ago and uh, see what, you know, and, and do it full time.
2: I failed to mention in the intro that you're the founder of Vitendo Solutions, which yep. effectively is, in my opinion, probably one of the most important, call it businesses or startups, somebody could have nowadays, especially in public works. The reason yeah. being, in the water industry, and I know this is true for other industries, there's this concept called the silver tsunami.
0: Yeah, ton
2: of retirees coming, a ton of tribal knowledge that's going to be lost with those retirees. And I just think that you, what you're doing is perfectly suited to help people
0: overcome that hump. Oh man, like my first year I was an apprentice. So I rode with a guy who was about 67 years old. You know, he shot a 67 in golf too. So the guy was legit, like he was super (laughs) passionate about like water trucks, the industry. And that passion was instilled into me, but I wish I could just literally like, I mean, we spent probably too much windshield time together. I wish I could have just set up like a GoPro on our dash, just so he, we can record all of our conversations, all the information over his 30 years being in the industry, he was downloading onto me. I wish we could have captured that somehow instead of it going into my brain where I'm thinking about like, you know, the Lakers going to make the playoffs, like, you know, stuff, <laughs> stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the industry, but, um, I, I I that service tsunami because he was going to retire, and I had to ride with him to make sure the handoff was smooth in the territory, but I wish there was a, a more efficient way to get that knowledge from the people who are leaving the industry to the people who are coming into the industry, in that service yeah. tsunami.
3: So Joseph, who, who can use this uh, service that you're providing? Um, you, you mentioned that you've got these videos and that there's other people besides these back trucks that you were selling. Who else can can uh, really benefit from, from what your services is providing?
0: So of course I started off in the heavy equipment space because you get this complex piece of equipment, not too many people know how to operate, not too many people know how to troubleshoot it, service it, you know, the safety around it. So that's where it kind of started from. But I'm noticing that, In chemistry labs, there's processes that, let's say a process is really, really important to do, but it's really, really infrequent, meaning you have to do it once a year. It's really important that you get it done right, but you only do it once a year, so it's not that frequent. So you'll probably forget, like, why not put that on video so you can go, okay, now is the day I have to do this yearly project, I have to get it done right. Let me watch this, this refresher video on how to get it done. You know same thing with with software i mean how many guys in the, in a water department they had these ipads they had these computers and there's so many different softwares on it like and granted, these softwares are really robust, but they probably only use about 40% of it. But that 40% is really vital to them. So why don't they do a, a screen capture and a voiceover to say, hey, here's the 40% you're probably going to be doing all day, every day. And here's how you actually get that done for our application. And the thing is, like, I don't like to do canned videos because I'm sure these manufacturers, they have videos. I'm sure the developers, they already have videos but they're not always specific to your application i mean you guys see it also one city will say oh our water is different than the next city's water or our dirt is different than the next city's dirt or our hydraulics different than the next truck really it's 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 not but i I, like i won't argue that because over time it is like over time each truck each valve each you know each water line gets its own personality so it's like so over time, you want to know how to operate your piece of equipment in your way.
2: I love the way you phrase that. Each water liner valve get, has its own personality. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a really interesting way of telling the story around what you're doing as vitendo. and I'm curious why obviously you you, you, you know early on you felt like video is the way to do this, but now there's yeah. so many there's so much multimedia you could be using. You obviously have a podcast, but you could be doing written SOPs, you could be doing software to train people. Yep. Why video
0: to tell the story? you know video has always been kind of ingrained i mean kind of been my passion since college i took this marketing class in college and they had those little flip cams the little white cameras with the usb thing that stuck in they were kind of like the first handheld camera versus like the dad cam uh and i got addicted to it man i mean i'm shooting videos of my friends like we're taking it to football practice like it's you know that camera was always with me then i figured out like editing and how to like cut up the, you know, the the scenes and stuff like that. So video has always been with me. And that's why I started with a video. But I mean, I've had cities that say, hey, every time every every time my guy gets out of his truck for, at the end of the day, they have to fill out a form to where how much water they used or how much you know XYZ they use or whatever consumables they use. They have to fill out a form. So what we do is we take a QR code, put it on their dash, they scan it with their phone. And then that that form pops up on their phone, they can fill it out that way instead of having to do it written, and, and hopefully they don't lose it on the way bringing bring it to their supervisor. Um, yeah, I always say wiring diagrams, water diagrams, PDFs, JPEGs, video, like all of these things can be put into the Nintendo software so a guy can use that to get unstuck or to operate that piece of equipment.
3: Yeah, so, so while video is the basis of your training solutions, one of the things that's impressive, Joseph, is the way you've looked at using other types of media. So, you're you're you've got a newsletter, you've got a podcast. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about why you're taking it down that road to tell your story about some of the solutions you provide?
0: Well, in 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 learning marketing philosophy, economics, like personal development, you you learn that that. When you can educate and advocate for somebody or something, you automatically become like a person of interest. So I knew that there's so much noise in the space. I mean, business to business, business to government, you know, construction, heavy equipment, water, all these different niches. There's so much noise. So the way to kind of stand out was to say, hey, I'm going to help advocate for the people like the, the sole reason why I started the podcast, COVID hit. They only talked about fire, PD and nurses or EMTs being frontline essential workers. And I kind of took offense to that and I said, well, the guys who I've been flushing sewers with or the guys that I've been, you know, sweeping streets with, like they couldn't work from home. You know, they had to keep our cities going, our communities going. So I wanted to be the guy to say, I'm going to start a show where I can highlight the people who I think are frontline essential workers. And that's where the podcast came from. And and I mean, if you guys heard the podcast, it's not anything special. It's literally me letting somebody tell their story that usually doesn't get a microphone put in front of their face. I'm not asking them about juicy stories or anything. It's just like, dude, how'd you get into public works? Like, what are some of the pros and cons? Like, what do people think you actually do versus what you actually do? So these questions are just more so like, we want to hear from the people who are keeping Mark community. And I'm nothing against fire pediaters, so like, you know, you know it's n- nothing against them, but it's just more so like, Nobody really puts a microphone in a public. works space unless something goes wrong. I'm like, dude, what are you doing right? Like that's that's what we want to hear about.
2: Amen. That that resonates. <laughs> and and uh, being a, a guest on your show, it's clear to me that you believe in preparation and you believe in really asking some insightful questions that I haven't ever been asked personally before. <laughs> and something that you told us in our in our prep call was that you like you use a term called creepable, <laughs> and I want you to explain that. Both in the context yeah. of, of how you run your podcast, but just generally the benefits yeah. of someone being creepable and how that helps them tell their story.
0: Well, I mean, come on, let's all right. You us, let's say us three go to a bar. We're all single men. Right. Let's let's, let's rewind 20 years ago. We're all single. Right. We meet a we meet a nice young lady, you know what are we going to do? We're going to go to her Instagram. We're going to go to her Facebook. We're going to try to find out more about this girl that we talked to for the last 20 minutes at this bar to see what she's about. And it's the same thing today. Like we're literally, somebody would DM me on LinkedIn or Instagram or wherever, and I'll go through their whole profile. I'll go through like their whole history and creep, like literally creep on who they are, what they're about um, to see if I actually want to engage with them or not. And it's the same thing when you're marketing or selling or advertising. Like what do they say? It used to be seven touches until somebody would actually like in- interact with your marketing piece. Now it's twenty five. It's twenty five. Like you literally have to be in front of somebody twenty five times, whether it's like in a billboard or like an ad here, and then like a jingle here, or a, you know, a, a a picture post here or there. But over time, they'll start to creep on who you are, and they'll start to figure out who you like, who, what you're about over that time. So that's why I say, whatever email you send out, that makes your email. It's probably some some most the most undervalued real estate that a lot of us use because in your subject line or in your um, in your signature you can put four or five different links to things that you actually want to promote to somebody. Like if you send somebody a cold email, why not put a video of the product or service that you sell? Why not put a picture of you and your family? Like why not put a picture? Like make it so it's, it's easy for somebody to creep on you so they can so what that first conversation you have like Adam like. I crept on your life like you have your own personal website like I you know I think you did like you're in Brazil or Costa Rica doing like missions work like I I figured that out in eight minutes of creeping your life so it it made the conversation that much sweeter you know that much more it gave it that much more context so yeah being creepable like you want to be creepable so people can creep on you but also
1: you know we do it the same thing to them You're listening to the Water We Talking About podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. This podcast is produced by Water Online, the leading web-based community for water and wastewater professionals. Showcasing the knowledge and authority of industry thought leaders, Water Online provides actionable content from vendors you can trust. And now, back to today's podcast.
3: Yeah. Joseph, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, you also have a, a newsletter, um Public Works After Dark. Tell us about uh, that and, and and where'd the name come from? What, what, so public
0: what Works, at, so the public works after dark, there's um I, I and it's funny, like you brought that up because this was the year, I, I, I want to change it over to video. Um, I want to do a variety show for everything in the public workspace. Um, and when I say one, that means it's on the calendar for like the next two weeks um, because nothing worse. I mean, come on, we're all entrepreneurs. We all, we all know that you can, you know, like the, the worst person to work for is yourself because you're not going to hold yourself that much accountable. So, like, I want to do a variety show, public works after dark, where it's literally me at the end of the week, kind of encapsulating what current events happen throughout the week, whether it's just on my feed on LinkedIn or uh, current events on like national news or just some interesting topics or stuff I want to pull and, and and bring forth to people. And um, so that's that's the foundation of the newsletter. Um, I, I, I'm trying to get away from the written form, not that I don't like it, and not that it's not doesn't work. But I like video. I'm biased. Like, you know, my my service is founded off of video. And I think a lot of people wouldn't mind watching more video on the public workspace. Joseph, what
2: what recommendations would you have to someone in public works who's trying to tell the story of either themselves or their department or, um, you know, we'll call it their the service, if you will, that they're providing to the public? What recommendations would you give them to help them tell their story in sort of a low cost, low touch, easy way?
0: Good, good, a great question, and I I actually talked with somebody yesterday about this. There's a lot. It's it's government, and and when you're thinking government, you're thinking a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of yellow tape, a lot of people in the way saying no, you can't be. I, the Public Works podcast probably one of the least harmful podcasts in the space or out there in general. Like I'm not trying to make anybody look like a fool or or shed a bad light on anybody. But I get blocked by a lot of public information officers because they don't want Adam to be on there, you know, dropping F-bombs or talking crazy, talking politics and religion, you know, (laughs) shedding a bad light on the city. And I understand that, but... Um, I, I think there's a way you can position to your public information officer and say, hey, you know, there's not enough content about my position in public works in in society or on the Instagrams or on the web. Is there a way that I can start to create YouTube shorts, you know, uh, you know TikToks or some some way to put out that content that they can approve of first, because most of the time they have to go through somebody. To get that word out so i i think you would have to ask for permission or i mean like I, I tell people sometimes like hey let's do the show you send it to them first and then they can approve of it then we'll go live with it so either you create the content and they go hey is this okay or you say hey this is what i'm looking to do we can you know make sure everything's good to go before i post it but I, like i always say you want to document versus like sell it, it whatever you're doing throughout the day that's what's interesting like a lot of people don't really care about what business you're doing, what service you got going on. They just kind of care what, what your day-to-day looks like. They make you more human. So if you're in a public works position, like, yeah, document what you're doing. Like, people geek out on that stuff. Like, I, I'll i watch a guy rip an engine apart versus a guy telling me how, like, you know, selling me a, you know, a, a motor versus transmission and, you know, tires and exhaust. Like, dude, I'll watch a guy, like literally a GoPro guy <laughs> wrenching on the engine.
3: <laughs> so uh Joseph, in a vein of creeping around, we we crept around, you know, in preparation uh for for our podcast with you and saw that you're a, a member of the local rotary club. You want to talk a little bit about, about that? I mean, that's not a a trade organization, but it is something that uh, you obviously are proud to be part of.
0: Yeah, you know, the, the rotary club, and it's 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 like I'm from the city of Pittsburgh, California, and um It's, it's got the inner city vibe. And I was, I was blessed to have a football scholarship to go to college and have a free education. But when I got back, I realized that if I were to follow suit with what I guess the majority of people in Pittsburgh were doing, I would probably have the same results of what the majority of people in Pittsburgh were doing. So I knew that I wanted to get around a different type of people, you know, the the average of the five closest people around, you know, that's where you'll end up. So. I knew I wanted to get around a smarter, get around a, a, a you know more efficient, a better type of individual. And Rotary Club, like the main the main tenant is service above self. Like it was literally like I told my wife, I said, Rotary is great because it's a sy- systemic or a systematic way for me to be able to give back to the community. Like there's literally like three times a month. You're always doing some social program where you're giving back or you're giving money or you're giving time or you're giving your energy. And it was just a way to get around people who like giving back because people that give back, they usually have, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like if you think about it, like the only way you can give back is if you have. So I wanted to get around people like them. And I mean, I did it for what, eight years? I became the president, had a great time with it. Um, that was in a point in my life where I kind of needed that. And I wanted that before I had children and before I got super busy. But um, yeah, the Rotary Club, I, I advise all the young homies. I'm like, man, get around people who don't look like who, who you don't want to be like. And then you'll know, probably end up in a better space.
2: That is phenomenal advice. Um, Joseph, I'm curious, given your background as a, as a collegiate athlete, football player that didn't know much about business when you got into the real world, if you will, and now being an entrepreneur, are you using anything from that past to now tell your story about Vitendo and what you're doing?
0: Um, I would say more so football than actual college in general. Like I remember I had a a sales class and um, we had to take one of our sales calls. And I remember it, I guess what stuck out to me there was just filler words. So I knew I wanted to do like Toastmasters. So I did Toastmasters when I graduated, which helped out tremendously in regards to public speaking and being like confident to present. But in regards to what I'm using from it, I would say the football aspect of being a, a, a person that can get along with people or being a person that can fit in with other people to achieve a common goal. Cause think about it. Like you're, you're recruited as a freshman. You show up with 12 other guys. There's 60 other guys you don't even know. And you, you know, you might've seen them on film or whatever, but all you guys are on the same team now. Like all you guys have to march to the same beat. Are you guys are trying to win the championship? So it makes it so. Okay, I have all these plans, personal plans, great, but the team has this going on, so I got to do what the team has to do. So it, it 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 forces me to go. Okay, how can I how can I implement collaboration in these, some of these projects? Like it makes it easy for me to to talk to guys like you because. I know that we probably have a similar goal to, you know, grow our businesses and make the world a better place and, you know, give back and and make sure our families are straight. So, like, it's easy for me to to fit in with that model. But in regards to to school, I mean, probably my most favorite class was a logic class. And that's because the logic is fun, you know, and I like reading about it and I like the old philosophers and stuff. But, yeah, college doesn't teach you much. I would say the, you know, the the 300 plus self-help books that I read, that, that helped me a lot more.
3: Yeah, just one of the things we talked about during a prep call is that you've interviewed about 160 interviewees and of that hardly any of them became customers and i think it's important to let our audience know that the reason you were doing it wasn't to say okay i'm going to get these people as clients um but but why don't you talk a little bit about that that philosophy well it's it's more so like floyd
0: manler Floyd Mayweather, I mean, not sure. he's one of the best, probably the best boxer ever. His first two rounds, maybe in first three rounds, he says he's collecting data. And you're thinking like, what? If you actually watch him box, he is collecting data. He's figuring out like the guy's ticks, the guy's, you know, the reach. He's figuring out the guy's patterns. He's figuring out like if this guy gets tired at the end of the round, he's collecting data the whole time. And I'll say like. If since I don't work actually for um you know public works and I'm not out in the field with the guys this helps me collect data and stay close to the industry that I'm that I'm in so it's like and I mean we've all seen it before you know we get in these careers because we're passionate about a certain thing then the higher up we get in the careers the more money we make we get away from that thing that got it we get away from actually using a beaker and doing this and that and by the time we're you know 50 years old we're just sitting behind doing emails and in conference. Calls we're away from what actually got us into it. And this is a way to kind of so to say keep my ear to the street, you know, or to talk to people who are actually doing the work out in the community. And yeah, it, you know, I I don't pitch Tendo on these calls. I I always say, Hey, like, if if you know, it my only catches is, is that please give me more interviewees. You know, <laughs> it's it's pretty much free to do. So I'm like, I would rather tell more stories, and then of course it starts to build a brand and it snowballs from there, but this isn't a way for me to go out and you know it's not lead generation. It's, I'm I'm collecting data and I'm staying close to the industry. Super valuable stuff. Maybe you've inspired a couple of our listeners to start
2: their own podcast and, and everybody somehow should. convince their boss that they're not may not get leads from it but it's still a worthwhile use of time. Oh, of course, it's Jim a long and I both, We both, yeah, we both, we both agree on that. So we got to wrap up the show with our infamous airplane banner question. So Joseph, okay. Jim and I have an airplane. Maybe it's a really fancy like D1 private jet. You know, I'm sure that you
0: flew back in your college days. <laughs> yeah, right. We're on buses, man. We're All Division right. 1 FCS, yeah. Okay,
2: okay. So we're going to grab this plane, uh, put you in the posh seat, posh life, and we're going to fly you around the world. And normally I say we fly in front of the house of every water professional, but we're going to say the house of every public works professional around the world. And you get a banner. It's so like a tweet's worth of characters to put any message you want in front of those people. What do you want that banner to say?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would probably say. Immortalize yourself or be immortal. And, and, and I, I say that not in a way of like, Oh, I want to live forever and make all the money and be the king of life. It's more so document what you've been through because when you when you write something down and nowadays when you shoot a video it lasts forever so like whether it's you you know you are you're, you're you know you make a video for you know Adam's great great grandson down the road like hey you know this is where I learned from this one book you know hopefully you get something from it great 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 grandson like you're immortal because you're not physically there with him but he can actually glean from what you've learned throughout your your time on, on earth and i think a lot more people can do that within public works to like if you're if, if you're retired in the last five years figure out a way to get all that institutionalized knowledge onto, if you, even if you don't use the vitente get it on some type of paper put it on a, a legal pad somewhere to where somebody can use that knowledge to make the world a better place through their work
3: yeah great advice uh, Joseph we really appreciate it you know a lot of words of wisdom for our audience so thanks thanks for being a guest
0: oh thanks for having me on.